you rich. Build hotels on Boardwalk in my advance to Boardwalk game. The action is fast. The stakes are high. I'm rich. <laughs> you boys catch on fast. Advance to Boardwalk in Monopoly. Parker Brothers going to buy. So if only Monopoly money was real money, right? <laughs> uh, I, I, can't I can't deny that often when my kids say that, I wish that as well. Uh, if we haven't met, my name is Casey, and if, for those who are new with us here today, let me just tell you I'm so grateful that you're here today. For those of you that are joining us new and you're new with us online, we're so grateful uh, to be together with you. If you're new with us in the room uh, or with new with us in online, we have a gift for you. And if you're in the room with us and you're new with us, we'd love to give you that gift after today's service. If you'll make your way through our lobby into our welcome center, uh, in there a host will be there and that host would love to give you that gift. Also, if you're new with us in the room, uh, we'd love to just take less than four minutes of your time and share four things that we believe is very important to who we are as a church. And we think you'll be encouraged to know this about us as a church family. Um, so please allow us to share that with you and you can go in the Welcome Center. If you're new with us online, we also have a gift for you and we'd love to give you that gift. Um, so please fill out the Connect card they're posting. Let us know you're new and uh, submit that form and we'd love to send you a gift for being with us today. Uh, now, Westside, would you let me and join me in welcoming everyone online and those that are new with us in the room. Will you do that? So we are pulling back the curtain on life's toxic game of fame and shame. It's a game that many don't realize they're playing, and it's a game that is destroying all those who play. It's, uh, while you can win at the game of Monopoly, you cannot win at life's toxic game because there are no winners in the game of fame and shame. We are discovering that fame and shame is not supposed to be a part of our story. And in this series, we're realizing that pursuing fame and covering up our shame is not how we were designed to live our lives. We were built, we're learning for so much more. And here's a series big idea that we're learning about. We were not built, you were not built for fame or shame, but to glorify God and be satisfied in Him forever. You were created in the image of God to glorify God. You were created in the image of God, and when you become more like Jesus, this is when you glorify God. When you glorify God, you will have a joy that is more fulfilling, more sustaining than any fleeting happiness that fame can give you. That's why you can trust Jesus. That's why you can trust Him. And this is why you can trust what we talked about last week, that honoring Jesus, honoring the name of Jesus, glorifying the name of Jesus is what is good and best for you. But it's hard to trust that, isn't it? In fact, we will seasons trust but then we'll retreat and, and we'll go and and we retreat into pursuing fame we retreat into covering up in our shame and that's when this toxic game begins to destroy us thankfully though god knew that we couldn't beat this toxic game of fame and shame and so god sent jesus into our world into this world that you live in and i live in to beat this game and to break its evil curse on all of our lives 
on the lives of those who trust in him, he breaks this game, the power of this game over us. And today I want you to see how Jesus defeated this game, this game of fame. And if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn to Luke chapter 4. Um, today I hope that you see that the life Jesus invites you to live and in the, the life Jesus invites you to freely receive is a life free of playing this game of fame. Jesus here in Luke 4 is about to begin his ministry, but first the Spirit of God leads Jesus into the wilderness for 40 days. Here he does a 40-day fast. At the end of his 40 days of fasting, when he is in solitude and without food, Satan tempts Jesus. And I want us to focus specifically on the second temptation Luke records Jesus facing. And so in verse 5, look at this with me. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. So just stop right here. See, this is not just a high place so Jesus could see everything and everyone. This was a high place because also it would be where everyone could see Jesus. And the devil said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me. Let me just stop. Okay. Some of you need to hear something. You don't think the devil's a real person. You don't think the devil's a real, real being. I want you to know that the resurrection of Jesus proves otherwise. Okay? And you need to listen to this because this is much of the same temptation you and I will face. So Satan said to Jesus, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Satan tempts Jesus with the fast pass to fame. Satan's lie is that security will lead to, that, that celebrity brings you security. The pursuit of celebrity never brings you security in life. Satan tempts Jesus here with a pain-free track to gain authority, with a pain-free, no cost to you, ob no obligation to you to find all the fame. It's the easy way. Satan tips Jesus to surrender Jesus' future for instant pleasure and instant gratification. But Jesus does not gratify those desires. Jesus was able to resist the temptation of fame after spending 40 days in prayer, fasting, and with the truth of Scripture that Jesus confirmed was God's Word. And this is important for us to know. Because through fasting, Scripture, and prayer, the Holy Spirit empowered Jesus to resist Satan's tempting trap to pursue fame. Fasting is a discipline the Holy Spirit uses in us to resist the temptation to make a name for ourselves. And I want to thank those of you that are joining us in this 20-day, one-day fast. I am so grateful it ends on Tuesday. <laughs> but this is a discipline Jesus uses 
And, and this is important. Fasting is important because fasting is a way to die to ourselves. It's a way to die to our desires. When I die to my desires, this is when I, the Holy Spirit is able to empower me to resist the temptation to use my power to indulge myself. The first temptation Luke records is Satan tempting Jesus to turn stones into bread. All those stones around. Can you imagine how hungry it is? In fact, Luke records, he says, at the end of his fast, he was hungry. I love that. <laughs> of course he was. <laughs> it was a temptation for Jesus to use his authority and his power to indulge himself. And Jesus replied to that temptation saying, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Through fasting, through scripture, and through prayer, Jesus was not just able to deny his desire to indulge himself, Jesus was able to deny the desire to make a name for himself. These spiritual disciplines that Jesus models for us free us from the need for fame. Fasting, prayer, and scripture empowers you to sacrifice what you want for what you truly need most. God's Spirit. Fasting, prayer, and Scripture remind me that I need the Holy Spirit desperately to empower me to fulfill God's will for me. Jesus depended upon the Holy Spirit and God's will to fulfill Him, to sustain Him, to empower Him, to guide Him into knowing what God's will is so He could fulfill God's will for His life. Now, we need to know something about the Gospels. It's something I try to say as often as I can. You need to know something for the Gospels. And, and if you don't realize this, you're going to miss out on so much that's within the Gospels. The Gospels don't just tell you and I what Jesus taught and what Jesus did. They describe more than that. They describe how Jesus lived so that we can follow him. They describe how he lived so that we can model our life and follow the life that he lived and, and he's the model for how we live. So I want to look at a couple passages and observe how Jesus lived his life in light of seeking fame and see what truly fulfilled Jesus. In John chapter 4, uh, Jesus is with a woman at a well. Uh, he tells her that his life, the life that he offers her, the life that he has and is able to give her is what truly will fill her sustain her and satisfy her the rest of her life. And we're actually going to talk more about this story in a couple weeks, so don't miss a couple weeks. The disciples are in this comeback, and they've been out of town. They've been in the nearby town getting food for everybody. They return, and they see Jesus talking to this woman, and they're a little confused about this. And they approach Jesus and say, uh, So Jesus, you hungry? And this is what Jesus says. My food is to do the will of of him who sent me and to finish his work. Now, I love the humor that I see threaded in scripture. And this is one of those humorous moments for me as, as we read it. So uh, Jesus here uh, gives a very intense answer. You know, they, they ask a very sincere question. Jesus, are you hungry? And Jesus says, my food is to do God's will and to finish God's work. And if I were one of the disciples... I'd be like, uh, geez, man, uh, I just wanted to know if you wanted a hamburger. <laughs> you don't have to get super spiritual on me. 
But there's so, something here that we see, and it's important. Jesus desired to fulfill God's will and finish God's work more than anything else. You need to know this. His food, what fulfilled him, sustained him, enabled him, empowered him, what was not bread with wheat and yeast, it was more than that. It was the bread of life that is God's will revealed through his word. The bread of life, Jesus, is Jesus. He is the word. It is God's will to fulfill. That, that's, he said, this is my word, my food. To do the will of the one who sent me. He's depended upon every word of God that proceeded from the mouth of God. And Jesus is a model for you and I because we need to live by that same bread. Jesus shows us that knowing and obeying God's will is what feeds our deepest desires and longings. It's going to fulfill your deepest craving that you have in the soul that's so far deep within. And the Holy Spirit empowered Jesus to obey the Father's will. And you need to know something. The same Spirit that empowered Jesus to obey God's will is for those of us who put our trust in Jesus, we receive Jesus as Savior and we're trusting Him as our Lord, we have that same Spirit alive inside of us and the Holy Spirit will also empower you and I to obey and fulfill God the Father's will for us. That is what will feed our deepest desires and will fill this vacuum that is deep within. Nothing else will. Everything else creates hunger. This satisfies. And when Jesus begins his public ministry, he continued to be tempted. He, began, he continued to be tempted to seek the praise of humanity. And Luke shows us the Holy Spirit would empower Jesus to resist this temptation and this constant temptation. I just want you to see some snapshots of this. In verse 14 of Luke chapter 4, Jesus returns to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And look at this, news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth. And this is important, you need to circle that word Nazareth. It's important to know about Jesus. Where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. Jesus, you need to know something, continually resisted the temptation to pursue fame. Instead of going to the large cities, he could have gone across the sea into the big the Decapolis, where these ten big cities were. They met this mega center. He didn't go there. Instead, Jesus starts his public ministry, traveling to the small towns and spending time with the people, teaching them about the kingdom of God in the synagogues. And then Luke tells us he went, to, he went to Nazareth. In fact, Jesus was often labeled as Jesus of Nazareth, a title, if you will. Nazareth, you need to know, was a very insignificant town, not well known. And those who did know held this people from Nazareth in low esteem. And at the start of his ministry, Jesus goes to this insignificant town where he of his insignificant beginnings to preach the message of God. Jesus was not too important for that people. Even though we learned that they did not receive him, he was not too important for them. 
Jesus then returns to Galilee preaching that people should turn from their sin, receive the kingdom of God. Not a very popular message. And then Luke continues. Then he went down to Capernaum, verse 31, a town in Galilee. And on the Sabbath, he taught the people. He continued to do this. They were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. In the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon and an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Go away! What do you want from us, with us, Jesus from Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What words these are. With authority and power, he gives orders to impure spirits and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding regions. The demons, we see, the demon here tries to make Jesus insecure by calling him Jesus of Nazareth. (laughs) I think it's funny he tries to use a name to, to, to bring Jesus down. And then he says, I know who you are. The son of God. And Jesus in this moment didn't go, what did what, you say? Come on, say that again. I don't think those outside this place heard you. Can you say, tell that group over there? The son of, Jesus didn't say, he said, be quiet. I'm not in this to gain fame. Jesus did, told the demons to be quiet because he was not pursuing fame. Jesus did not use his power. He never used his power to make himself famous. Jesus used his power to free people from their sin and its oppression on them. In Luke 5, we continue to see how Jesus would resist the pursuit of fame. In verse 12 of verse chapter 5, uh, while Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell to his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Now leprosy, people would, would outcast. They, they had to be outside the city. And here Jesus is <laughs> with this man. And Jesus is not just close enough to be in earshot of him. He's close enough to touch him. Jesus reaches out his hand and touches the man and says, I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone. But go show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. And here's a tension that Luke shows. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus would battle this temptation of fame. He often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. See, Jesus relied on the disciplines of prayer in Scripture to resist the temptation to pursue fame. Jesus stayed on his mission, a mission that was to finish God's work for him. He was there to serve the people because that's what God's will was for him and and it was to do what was best for the people. See, Jesus lived to glorify God the Father and resisted living for the glory of man. Jesus honored God the Father and was not driven to honor humankind. 
He was not driven to have the honor and the glory from humanity. He did not do things for his own self-image. Jesus didn't serve people because that was best for his brand. He didn't serve people because that's what was best for his self-image or his own self-esteem. This is not why he served people. He served it because this is the way to fulfill God's work. Finish it work, the work, to fulfill his purpose in life. Now there's something we see in the Gospels. Jesus was not pursuing fame and yet Luke shows us the tension that he's gaining fame. I want you to know something. Jesus received praise from people but he did not seek praise from people. And it's a model to us. While you may receive praise from people, you must not seek the praise of people. It's the motivation that it's revealed. See, Jesus was not motivated by their praise. Jesus knew who he was. His identity was not in the praise of humanity. His identity was in the praise of his Father and what his Father in heaven said about him. God the Father, when he was baptized, he co- this voice booms in that, as he comes out of the water and says, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus knew God was pleased with him. He did not need to gain his father's approval he already had it and some of you need to hear something today you don't need to gain anyone's approval because you already have your heavenly father's approval Jesus death and his resurrection is how much you mean to him You don't need to gain God's favor because you already have it. God is proud and pleased of you. You don't need to live for the praise and the honor and the favor and the admiration of anyone else because the creator of all things sees and knows you. Jesus modeled how we can live our lives to glorify God without needing the praise of any human being. As Jesus went around preaching and healing, his popularity increased, and one thing Jesus modeled for us is something we all need to have. It's something that was present in his, min- in his person. Jesus modeled true humility. Humility. Yes, he was famous, but Jesus never pursued fame. Humility doesn't mean that he didn't have authority or didn't have power. No, he had all the authority. He had all the power. Jesus had great authority. He had great power, but what made him more different and what made him radically different was his humility. Humility is leveraging your authority and your power to glorify God and fulfill His purpose for you by serving others. See, Jesus was not trying to leverage His power and His authority to make a name for Himself. Jesus desired only to obey His Father's word, complete His Father's work to fulfill His Father's mission for Him. Jesus said his mission wasn't come to be served, to use his authority and his power to be served. He said, my mission is not to be served, but to serve 
and give my life as a ransom for many. The one with humility is the person who leverages their power, leverages their authority to fulfill their purpose in life to glorify God by serving others. Your purpose in life is directly tied to serving God, glorifying Him by serving others. Your satisfaction, your fulfillment in life is tied to that purpose. It is nowhere else. Every other pursuit is going to leave you empty and unfulfilled. I want to look at one last passage. Luke chapter 9. Luke shares this. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowd say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, not in the public, this was in private. You're God's Messiah, the Savior, the Deliverer. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell any this to anyone. And he said, the Son of Man must suffer. You know why he told him not to tell anything to anyone? Because it could keep him from this path. This is why he came. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. Jesus knew his purpose, his mission. He knew what he had come to do. Jesus also knew that he had to do this for another reason. Not just to invite you into a life that he can freely give you, but to show you the life that you and I are to live. Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever wants to follow me, must deny themselves and take up their cross daily. It's not a once and done game. And follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it? for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. If you're looking for security in what the world can give you and offer you, you are going to lose in the real game of life. And the enemy wants you to have your eyes on everything the world offers, everything that can quickly satisfy your deepest longings and desires, thinking and deceiving you that you can do that now. And he wants you to have your eyes on all of those things so that you will be ashamed of Jesus and his words. The enemy of your soul wants you to be ashamed of Jesus and his word that is life. The world doesn't reward people 
who live with this type of humility. You know, those who play the game of humility don't seek, they, they don't, the world doesn't reward that. Because the world rewards the pursuit of being a celebrity. And that reward, Jesus says, is a dead-end game. No winners in this game. The pursuit of celebrity never brings you security. And the enemy wants you to seek becoming a celebrity. Jesus wants you to have humility. Avoid the celebrity trap. There's no security in celebrity. People think that finding fame and popularity is going to bring, is going, is going to, they think that popularity is going to be when they're fulfilled. This is when they're going to be satisfied and secure in life. This is when I'll be secure. No, you're living a lie. That's not living large. That's living a lie. And Jesus says that only when you come to the end of yourself, you will discover your true self. When I come to the end of myself, That is when I become more like Jesus and I glorify Jesus, reflecting the image of God. That's when I'll be the most content. That's when I'll become the most satisfied. That's when I will be the most fulfilled in my life. And you will too. That's where our security is. And you can trust it. Jesus calls you and I to follow Him. And it's a call to deny yourself, to take up your cross daily and follow him. This is a life of humility. And here's the teaching big idea I want to leave you with today. It takes humility to deny yourself, daily die to yourself, and follow Jesus to glorify him and experience true life. It takes humility Denying yourself daily, dying to yourself is how you're going to have the humility to glorify Jesus and experience the life that only he can offer. The celebrity trap is I serve and I do to make myself and my name look good. But the way of Jesus is so different. The way of Jesus is not about gaining power. The way of Jesus is about depending and relying on the Holy Spirit's power to walk in humility, denying your selfish desires to promote yourself, to to gain fame for yourself, and then daily dying to yourself. That is a life that you experience, true life. See, it takes the Holy Spirit's power to follow Jesus' example and walk in humility. I can't do this on my own. You can't do this on your own. But Jesus did this for us. And where we can't, Jesus modeled it for us. And we can rely on the Holy Spirit's power that we need to deny ourselves, die to ourselves. We can rely on Him. And you know something? It takes more power to deny yourself than it does to promote yourself. There's more security in denying yourself than there is in promoting yourself. And it's a lie to think it's the other way. It takes more power to deny your selfish desires, die to your ambitions daily. It takes more power to elevate others, serve others, than it does to use your power and to use your authority to get people to serve you. Or make life easier for you. You know something I've learned? Dead women and dead men seek no fame. Dead women and dead men 
seek no praise. Can I tell you something else I've learned? It takes humility to obey. To obey anyone. It takes humility. And before you put your notes and get distracted, I want your attention right here just real quick. This is why some of you cannot obey God's word and truth. You don't have humility. You have not humbled yourself under Jesus your Lord. You think you have authority and the power. And you're not submitted to him. This is why some of us can't obey the law. Because we do not have humility. This is why some of you cannot obey your boss. Because you don't have humility. For some teenagers, this is why you struggle obeying your parents. You don't have humility. Husbands, this is why you won't listen to your wife, submit to your wife as you've been submitted to Christ because you do not have humility. Wives, this is why you can't submit to your husbands because you're not submitted to Christ. You do not have humility. The reasons we don't obey because we don't have humility. It ultimately comes down that we don't trust. That obeying God our Father is what is good and best for us. We think we can gain the whole world. (laughs) And at the end of the game, that game we lose. But it takes humility to obey God's will for my life, which is to glorify Jesus' name. It takes humility to deny myself, die to myself daily, and follow Jesus to glorify the name that is above all names and to experience the true life that he wants to give you and me. So today I want to ask you, is there a desire in you that you need to crucify? Is there something you need to deny today? Is there, um, uh, is there an argument or, uh, that you need, to, you need to put on the cross? And you're in this argument and, and you've been thinking about it and you just need to walk in humility right now. Is there a text thread, an email thread that you're engaged in and it's something on social media that you're engaged in and you're not walking in humility? You need to follow Jesus. Deny yourself. Die to yourself daily. Is there attention at work? Is there attention in your marriage? Is there attention at home? Is there attention in a relationship? Then you need to walk into that and you need to say, Holy Spirit, give me the power today to die to myself and deny myself and follow Jesus in humility so I can glorify Him. It's not about the security this brings. It's about what I already have in you. And you and I don't have this in ourselves. And this is why we need to depend upon the Holy Spirit. And this is why I'm going to invite you to pray with one another right now. Something we do as a church family because we know we can't do this alone. We need someone else. You need the person next to you to pray for you today. That person next to you needs you to pray for them today because they can't do this on their I need you to pray for me today. And so I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer. And this is the prayer. Father, 
May your spirit empower my friend to humbly obey as she follows you.